Hello, and welcome to another great episode of Unstoppable Rise, a resource that helps motivate individuals press on towards the mark of self-actualization using a combination of old-school wisdom and new beat tactics to help achieve this end. My name is Sim, and today we're going to be talking about time management. So for today's topic, we've got another email from another subscriber, and this email was asking for some tips on time management and strategies that I personally use for time management. And in response to this, I said, you know, let me just make a audio episode because I think this topic is very important because time is life. You need to know how to best manage your time in order to live life well, and you cannot live on purpose and on mission if you don't have a grasp of basic time management. And of course, if you're listening to this, living on purpose and living on mission is what you want to do. So the following are just some ways that you can manage your time and manage your life as a result. So these six are definitely not exhaustive, definitely not by any means. But uh, these are just some ways that I personally use to bring mindfulness to time and the whole concept of time management. And I have many other uh, philosophies, but these are just some of them. So check out these and think about these and see how you can apply them to your life. So let's get started. For the first one, I would say... To wake up early, or not even really wake up early, but to have a good sleep routine, one where you wake up early and go to bed early. And when I say early for waking up early, I mean any time before 7 a.m., especially on weekends. And why is that? Well, you know, most people work a regular 9 to 5 job, quote unquote 9 to 5, it's more like 9 to 6. Um... And many people are remote right now, so there's no commute. So you're spending that time you would be using going back and forth from work. You're spending that at home. So you have more time to yourself um, and more time that you can use before you start getting ready for work. So if you have a desk job and you're working remote, then you wake up at like 7. That gives you two plus hours, a little over two hours. To work on the things that are important to you. So that can mean going and exercising. That can mean working on a side business before you start your real job. It can mean practicing a musical instrument, all this stuff. And all this stuff opens up for you when you wake up early. And when you go to bed early, because you're able to recharge, you uh, recharge for the day and you get back up. And it's also been proven that going to bed later takes a hit on your productivity because the longer you stay up, the less productive you are as, you know, you get more fatigued and more tired. Unless you're like a night owl, um, then that that may be different. But for most people who work regular hours, they'd be better off served by being in bed before 11 a.m. or 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. every single night, Um, with the exception of weekends, of course. But If you can wake up early on the weekends, like 6 a.m., then you definitely have 
all that time and all that space to do things that are important to you. So going back to side business example, you work on your side business during the weekend and you wake up early to work on that. Eventually, um, in a couple months, years, time, you could have that be your main thing. Uh, I've seen it happen before and it's happened to me. And um, it's a great way to get started on things that are important to you and make progress on things that are important to you. So I think getting up early and going to bed early will give you the best chance to maximize the day and get an adequate amount of sleep. So that's number one, wake up early and go to bed early. The second one I would say would be to make a to-do list. And you should never go throughout your day without a set of objectives you plan on completing that day. I can't even get across how major this was to my productivity in the early years. Um, I only started making a good to-do list in 2013. And once it became a habit, I cannot fathom how I made through my days without one. It's mind-blowing. So for me, I make my to-do list the night before. So when I wake up, it's already done. And all I have to do is uh, arrange things if I decide to when I wake up in the morning. So how should you organize this to-do list? Uh, well, there are several ways. The first way is this method called the Eisenhower Matrix or Eisenhower Box. It's a strategy named after President Dwight Eisenhower because this is how he used to structure his days. And it's a four-box grid with markers urgent, not urgent, and important, not important. And all of your tasks will be a combo of four of these. So you can have a task that's urgent and not important, or you can have a task that's not urgent and also not important. So uh, yeah, there's four possible markers that your task can fall into. And to get a better representation and idea of what this is, I'll add a link in this episode to an article describing the Eisenhower matrix in detail, if you want to check that out. So the second way is this one called the ABCDE method. And this is how I organize my to-do list. And I've gotten more concrete and I've started to chisel that down and perfect that as time goes on. But the overall outline is pretty simple. A stands for the items that are most important on your list. B stands for items that are less important than A, but they're still important. C are things that are fun to do, but they don't really have much bearing on the day either way. D stands for something you should probably delegate or give to someone else. Um, just because they're probably better at it than you are. And E stands for eliminate it or get rid of it. And you focus on completing all the A tasks, going to your B tasks, C tasks maybe. D, you delegate as much as possible and as many of these items as you can. And E, you just get rid of them. You just don't do them. Then you number the letters by priority. So you have A1, A2, A3, B1, B2, etc. And as a rule, you should never complete an A2 or A3 or B1 or B2 or whatever task if A1 is incomplete. So A1 must be finished before you move on to other things. And usually what A1 is or A2 or any of those A tasks, usually it's a task that's hard and it's a task that people procrastinate on and something you probably don't want to do, but it must be done. It has to be done. These are critical, crucial objectives. We all have A1 tasks. We all have A1 tasks for a day, week, month, year, whatever. And these are things that have to be done. 
And these are things that are usually going back to the Eisenhower um, box. These are usually things that are important, but they're not necessarily urgent. Um, so things that are important, but not urgent will have the greatest consequence on your long-term life. So if you just focus on stuff that's urgent, um, you're just going to be responding to things and putting out fires all day. And this A1, A2, B1, B2, ABCDE method and the Eisenhower matrix prevent you from just putting out fires all day. So um, at the end of the day, you know, this to-do list is pretty simple. Anything that's not done that day gets moved and prioritized to the next day. So these methods and this method is an easy way to keep your track Keep yourself on track and honest uh, with regards to what you had to do to that day. So that's the second one. Make a to-do list. Very, 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 very important. The third, I would say, would be the creation of the weekly schedule and your weekly goals. So the way I look at it is that there's 52 weeks in a year. Every week is made up of days which are corralled by the to-do list. And every week you can say, hey, Here's what I want to get done by the end of this week. So by Saturday of this week or even Sunday, whenever your week ends or begins, this is what I want to get done and this is what I want to accomplish. So those are your weekly goals. And you want to say, I want my effort on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to equal something that I can leave the week with or something I can use to add up to a larger goal. So you leave with an artifact to say, this is my result for the week. And you can have multiple of these. So writing down ahead of time things that should be done for that week is massive. I can't even I can't even state that. So with the weekly schedule, I personally have clarity and I'm better able to see how my days lead up to a bigger picture and a larger goal. And this can help in a motivation sense as well because we all have those days where it feels like nothing is happening, like time is dragging on, motivation is lagging, we just feel lagging and with a weekly schedule, you can compare and ask the question, is this day contributing to an objective that I want to accomplish this week or am I just spinning my wheels? If not, then you can readjust. And if it is, then you're, you're on the right track. So that's good. And that's number three, the weekly schedule and weekly goals. Not necessarily essential, but I think it's good to have. So the next one, number four, I would say would be to establish a rhythm or cadence for your productivity. So for productivity and doing things, it's very easy to feel hyped and pumped up to do the things when you get motivated or after some event happens or, you know, something happens. But what about the days you don't feel that way and you still need to get stuff done? If you rely on motivation just to get stuff done, you're going to be in for a pretty tough time. And this is why you establish a standard a baseline of productivity. So it's something that you're not just going ham, 100% balls to the wall all the time, but something where you're exerting enough effort, but not enough to burn out. So something like the philosophy of the minimum effective dose. Um, and this level... This cadence is different for everyone, but the goal and the key is to focus on bumping that up over time so you operate on a higher level, higher standard level as time goes on, and you want to be more productive as time goes on. So an easy example, let's say you're the type of person who can only read for 10 minutes and then they're done. You lose interest, your eyes glaze over, you want to 
do something else. So the goal for this point, um, for establishing those baseline of productivity would be increase it to 11 minutes, make your average reading time per session 11 minutes. And then over a period of time, you bump that up to 12. Then over time, you get to the point where you can read whole books in one or several sittings. And that's how I am. And that's how I read. People wonder how I read so many books. It's because I read a book in a long sitting or several long sittings. Uh, I don't stop and start, stop and start. Um, I just read it um, in chunks. And I just have it all go in one goal. Um, so I don't lose momentum. And then when you stop and start, stop and start, stop and start, that's how you lose momentum. And momentum, as I've talked about before, is very important for success. So important, develop a cadence for your productivity. The fifth strategy I would say would be batching. And batching has been around for a while now. If you're into self-development, you've probably heard about it. Um, basically batching is taking tasks of a similar nature and finishing them in a given period of time. So for example, if you're vacuuming your apartment or your house, it's probably a good time to go take out the trash or to load up the dishwasher or to do other tasks that don't really require a lot of concentration. It's not a good idea to vacuum and then read a book and then go to the store, then come back, then work out. It's just a lot of incongruent motion. um, And there's just a lot of things that um, are not similar together. So you're using up a lot of energy and time, and you're also creating friction because something like, let's say, working out, um, obviously that takes up energy, and that's a whole different, that requires a whole different mind state than going to the store and shopping for groceries. Even though you could go out and shop for groceries when you're out at the gym um, on your way home, but that's different than going to the store, coming back, going back out to work out, and then coming back and then going back out again. So it's a lot of back and forth. Um, You waste time, you waste energy, and you waste the opportunity to get things done even faster. So batching was another game changer for me. And I pretty much batch everything into time blocks of an hour, two hours, or even three hours if that's what that takes. So after I record this, I'm probably going to do some work on my computer, uh, probably for another hour. Um, because the computer is in close proximity. I'm using the computer right now and I'm just able to get similar tasks in that nature done faster. And then there will be times where I'll use the computer for like three, four, five, six hours a day and I won't touch it for like the rest of the day or even like that entire weekend or something Uh, because I've pretty much batched everything I need to do in that session, checking email, uh, writing posts, uh, recording these audios, all these things. So batching has really helped my productivity and it may help you as well. So that's number five. And now the sixth and final one related to batching is what I'd say to secure off large blocks of undisturbed time. And I know this sounds cliche and obvious, but it's worth stating because some people just don't do that or they can't do that with their current schedule. Um, And when you do this, you're able to go deeper and get more involved with whatever it is you're doing when you stay with it. 
Also, when you're interrupted by things, it takes about 23 minutes to get fully reoriented with your task. So if you're working on a computer and then you're at work and then someone says, hey, come over to my desk and they call you over for something, that distraction, when you come back, it's going to take you 23 minutes to get back into a flow state. And this means that every time you check email or Facebook or whatever you're supposed to be doing when you're working on something, it makes it that much harder for you to concentrate and you never experience true involvement with whatever you're working on. And also, the more you start something, stop it, and then come back to it, the longer it will take to complete. So something that should have taken an hour to complete takes three hours just to finish, all because of a distraction. And this is the philosophy behind something like flow and a production technique called deep work, which I've written about in depth. And I'll add a link in the description to this episode. So that's all I have today. Six tips you can immediately use to increase your productivity and get more out of your day. I hope it was helpful to you. And if you like this episode, I have a full module on productivity in my brand new upcoming course, Cornerstone. Cornerstone is designed to help you build a strong foundation to be a productive and pragmatic individual. And it goes in depth on different strategies and mindsets of a productive individual. So if that sounds like something that interests you, there's a link for more information in the description to this episode as well. So until next time, take care of yourself and stay productive. Take care. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and listening in. I truly appreciate your support and your attention. It means a lot. If you like this content, go ahead and like the content. Go ahead and share the content with at least two other people you think would benefit. It doesn't hurt to spread the good stuff around, right? And if you're listening in on iTunes, go ahead and rate the show with a honest rating. This will definitely help the show grow. And I truly appreciate your feedback. So until next time, stay good. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people. <laughs>